Welcome to another episode of the Grace Over Grind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lacey C. Robbins of Robbins Nest Consulting, founder of the Everyday Business Conference, consultant to small and mid-sized businesses, and coach to women who are ready to use their knowledge, background, and expertise to build a platform and make more money. Welcome back, ladies, to another edition of the Grace Over Grind podcast, an edition I like to call Life at the Table. I am so excited because on today, you have a chance to meet Samantha Vance. Now, she is described as bold, passionate, dedicated, and not only is she a first-generation college graduate, a social entrepreneur, a business owner, an author, but she's even the commissioner on the status of women and girls for the city of Tallahassee and Leon County. In this particular episode, we dive deep into the benefits of networking. We also talk about resiliency and how when you feel like giving up, you just can't. And I'm really excited because as the founder and executive director of Ladies Learning to Lead, she takes a little time to brag on the girls that she has a chance to mentor who are doing amazing things across the country. Sit back, grab your notebook, and if you need to be inspired or have ever been discouraged when you're in leadership, this is definitely the episode for you to help you to keep going. Got your stilettos? Let's make it happen. All right, ladies. So Take your seat at the table. This particular episode, as you know, it is May. We are focused on small businesses. We're talking about entrepreneurship, and you are in for a treat today. I am so excited. Samantha Vance is here, ladies. We have been cross-coordinating, moving, shaking, trying to find a time that worked for both of our calendars, but I know you're going to love being able to hear from this boss. Not only is she a mentor, speaker, leadership, coach, all the things. But if you are interested in social entrepreneurship, be sure and grab your notebook because this is the episode for you. Samantha, welcome to the Grace Over Grind podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited to have you here as well for the ladies to get a chance to meet you. Oh my gosh. Okay, ladies. Before we get into all the things, you know I have to ask her the everyday business top five, right? So, Samantha, this is just like a little warm-up. Oh. You know, no, no questions too hard, of, of course. But number one, this might be the hardest one, coffee or tea? Tea all the way. Never been a coffee drinker. Never. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. What's your favorite tea? Any particular one you really like? I love chamomile. Okay. And Ooh, very That's nice. Top two. <laughs> Number two, where do you, uh where did you grow up and where do you live now? Las Vegas is my home. Oh. And I I always tell people I happened there, but I didn't stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I stay in Tallahassee, which is my second home, and I love it very much, Tallahassee, Florida. Very nice. So two great hot spots. Number three, book or e-reader? Totally book. I cannot do e-reading. A shout out to all you guys who are great with it, but not my jam. 
I'm all about an old school book. I'm a highlighter. I'm an underliner. <laughs> I'm a note taker in the books. So if you borrow a book from me, be prepared to see all kinds of colors and things in it. <laughs> I'm saying totally the same. Where would you like to visit but haven't quite yet made it? Dubai. Ooh, yes, that sounds amazing. Yes. All right, final question. What's a piece of advice given to you from a mentor that you still live by today? Wow, that's a good one. You know, I've been blessed to have some amazing mentors in my life. Uh, gosh. Chris Nolan was my first mentor. He was my introduction to mentorship. Didn't really know about that back in the day. That was 20 years ago. And one thing that he still continues to tell me today is never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. And it's a loaded, it, it sounds cliche, but it's very loaded. And it's been loaded for me over the years. Uh, so I continue to remember and honor him in that he is still alive. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a great... honor them while they're alive. <laughs> right, absolutely. So shout out to Mr. Nolan. And I think that's a great reminder for all of us, especially um, women in leadership. We have to remain true to our authentic self. That's uh, just my interpretation of that phrase about never forget who you are. And I, I do think sometimes that authenticity can get lost. Um, you know, we're trying to... Uh, be all that someone else has put the expectation upon us or we have an impression that we think others want to see and so we start to morph and contort ourselves instead of just being who we really are called to be right mm -hmm, that's good and the second piece to that that he would always say is don't forget where you come from mm. and he, he he would say it in the in the hood version and say girl don't forget where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You no, know, that was really big um, in regard to serving my community because I always had a desire to give back. And he knew that as I grew in my career, that it would be tough sometime to, or it'd be challenging to give back to the community because you get so caught up in what you're doing and your mm -hmm. day to day and your hustle and your grind and your uh, promotions and all those things. But he would always say, you know, don't forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. Go back and help those who helped you go back and do for those who cannot do for themselves. Samantha, that is so 100% truth. I always say when the tide rolls in, all boats lift. And so, you know, it doesn't hurt us, um, ladies, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a minute, you know, I'm always reminding all of us to, you know, reach back, pull the next woman up with you. You don't have to go by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to have your, your fab four that are a part of your circle. So, so now, Samantha, you know, for the ladies who are listening, maybe a couple of gentlemen, they haven't had a chance to meet you before. Impact Core Group. All right, now tell us, how did you get here? That's a good question. Uh, I'm in the business of serving and encouraging women and youth. And I've been in that business before I knew I was in it. Mm. I was 19 years old uh, when I started encouraging youth and helping them at Boys and Girls Club. 
uh, back when my mentor, Chris Nolan, told mm. me uh, to not forget where you came from. I was a Boys and Girls Club kid. Nice. So I thought, what better way to uh, to initiate or acclimate myself within a new city, which was San Francisco at the time, mm-hmm. than to go to the place that gave back to me, the organization that did for me um, what I couldn't do for myself at a young age. And that was Boys and Girls Club. So I began helping there. Uh, as I evolved over the years in mentoring and encouraging other youth, uh, it became a thing for me that it, it was evident that this is something I'm gifted at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I continued to do that, serving in the community, I learned that I had other skills and talents and gifts that uh, surrounded uh, business and nonprofits. So uh, later I developed, I founded a nonprofit. I went to my then uh, representative at the time Mm -hmm. and told him my passion for youth. I was a youth minister and I wanted to do more for youth in the community. I wanted to give back and pay it forward for those who could not do for themselves. Those young ladies and young men who were once like me who did not have the resources, Mm -hmm. but needed someone to come and provide that for them because they had the talents, they had the smarts, they had the gifts, but they needed someone to cultivate that. They needed resources to help them, to propel them. So I went to my representative and told him, hey, I wanna do more in the community for youth. Mm -hmm. Never thought that I would found a nonprofit. It wasn't until uh, two years later after we created an initiative to help help youth in the community and we successfully had an event and served 126 girls when we thought we'd only have 40. We raised $38,000 when we thought we'd only raised (laughs) $10,000. You know, it wasn't until after all of that mm-hmm. and the demand from the parents and the community leaders saying, we really need this. We need this for our girls. It wasn't until then that I realized that I need to start a nonprofit yeah. and take it to the next level. Um, so before that, I was a business owner. And then so fast forward, I just got really engulfed in business and nonprofit and found found out unbeknownst to me <laughs> that I had already been working in that field. So <laughs> what, what? you're already working in this field because I had full-time jobs in that area. Oh, so mm-hmm. It all just really meshed together. It's a, it's a long story of how I got here, but that really is the gist of it. And so, but, uh, well, it let me ask, me. let me ask this question because, um, you know, I have women who are in both sectors, both nonprofit uh-huh. and for-profit, a couple of entrepreneurs sprinkled in there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Why a nonprofit over a for-profit? Well, initially I started a business. Uh, it was in my name, it was a consulting business, Sachs, Sachs Group, which at that time was Samantha, Lena Claire, Springfield. Hmm. And, uh, that was my first business that I started to uh, serve other businesses to help them grow, mm-hmm. help them develop and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but it was a lot of special projects that later turned into political 
consulting because I've worked mm. on, I'm, I've volunteered on campaigns and from my volunteer work, it turned into consulting work for other campaigns. Nice. Uh, and then, so when you get into to the business aspect, that's one thing, right? You're earning your uh, pay for the services that you're providing. When you get into the nonprofit sector, uh, which is what I got into later, just as a passion, wanting to do something for the youth in my community, it really is just that. And that's why uh, a lot of people uh, don't want to venture out into it because it's not the most glamorous thing to do. Mm. It's a lot of behind the scenes work of grit and grind that you would not imagine. It's, mm -hmm. also, uh, it's also one that may or may not pay very well, especially if you're a founder of it uh, and you're out there vying for the same dollars that many others are in the community. Uh, but you could be a highly successful nonprofit as well. So nonprofit is the way to go. If you're trying, if you have a passion for something, you want to help people with it and give back to the community. However, there's a piece to that where you can profit, but the profit is not for you like a business is. The profit okay. is for your nonprofit and the profit um, really goes back into those who you're serving. Nice, nice. So now, ladies, I'm going to make sure to link in the show notes. Um, if you recall, last month, um, I think it was last month, or it may have been um, even in February, we had Elizabeth Strickland and Kara um, Clark, who both of them... Um, Elizabeth with the finding of her nonprofit walk and then Cara Clark talking a lot about nonprofit finance because there is a difference with nonprofit finance versus a for-profit um, business and so just really kind of laying out the basics of that and again if you think to yourself okay you know what Dr. Lacey I really think I want to start a nonprofit. You know, just as Samantha's encouraging us, it's about giving back. It's about realizing too um, that, you know, your nonprofits typically are thought to not make money. However, but that's where that social entrepreneurship venture can come in to support the nonprofit. So I know I have a really good friend of mine um, here in Milwaukee who is like the queen of social entrepreneurship. But Samantha, for those ladies who are listening who've never heard of that before, um, you know, who don't necessarily live here in Milwaukee, can you give them maybe like the Twitter version as to what is reader, what is the, um, that social entrepreneurship if they've never heard of that before? Yeah, uh, I also want to say that you, you were saying think of thinking about a nonprofit, um, starting a nonprofit. I would advise for those thinking about starting a nonprofit to think again <laughs> <laughs> and again and again and again because mm, it's good. a lot of work. Uh, in the social entrepreneurship aspect, it is that you're an entrepreneur, but you're working in a social atmosphere, one that is a nonprofit, one that is an initiative, one that is a movement, if you will, the, um, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, Black Girls Rock, you know, those are different movements and initiatives and then organizations organizations out there that are really pushing for social change. And those entrepreneurs sit at the helm of that, which is making the change in the community to help those who can't help themselves or for those who need more resources, uh, whatever your cause might be. It might be uh, awareness. It mm -hmm. might be uh, uh, 
you know, actual direct services. It might be uh, like feeding the homeless, whatever your cause might be. There's some kind of social aspect to it that if you're an entrepreneurship starting that thing, you are um, heading up uh, in that area of entrepreneurship. You are the leader in that, in that field. So that arena is really growing uh, over. It has been over the years getting a tremendous uh, activity and, and traffic where people are stepping up and saying, you know, I'm going to create this. Mm -hmm. I'm going and to, we, and we see it with a lot of young people. Some of my girls, uh, young ladies are starting their own nonprofits, have a, oh. a, a mentee, Ka uh, Katie Sorrell, who is at Boston University. I'm so proud. Hey, of hey Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Katie is studying computer science and she went through our STEM leadership program where she learned how to code and she learned how to uh, develop confidence and, and better self-esteem. She also learned how to, how, how to create a website through the coding. And nice. we asked them or encouraged them to either start a business with that or have some type of platform where you're serving the community or you're helping others in some way. So she decided to create what's called Leadership and Social Change Club for her school. Nice. And that was high school at the time. She was a sophomore. She created this club, never been done before. She developed the website that she coded herself. And wow. she was actually featured on the news for that. Uh, and that's one of the examples of how even young people are getting mm -hmm. involved in social change they're becoming a, a, a social entrepreneurship they're becoming those change agents that yes. say let's go and start something to help other people yes oh I think that is so well first off congratulations to her that is amazing I'm definitely um, encouraged by her story that's wonderful I think it's important to remember too that um, you know you don't necessarily have to start a nonprofit to be able to align yourself with a passion or something of change you'd like to see you can always volunteer right mm -hmm. Samantha what are some other ways that um, people can support nonprofits or social entrepreneurs or what are some ways that you know they can support you absolutely volunteering is a big thing uh i would be remiss if i didn't mention another mentee of mine um hana kiros who is a, a black girl who is at harvard uh, oh hey on, hana on a bill and melinda gates scholarship and she also comes from the same school as katie rickards high school out of tallahassee uh, both of those young ladies decided to volunteer first to understand the way of doing social entrepreneurship, the way of giving back to the community, and the way of leading in such a way that creates a movement. Mm -hmm. uh, after, after that, then they began that process of starting their own. You may not get to that point where you want to start your own. You may want to start at that very, that ground level of volunteering. And that is really important because that's where you learn the intricate details of what's going on within the organization. That's where you learn how to best serve those people, whoever they may be, and even how uh, units work in, in the community so that you could be socially effective. So uh, volunteering is huge. Volunteering is, is a big thing. And then if you have any other types of skills, like administrative skills uh, mm. or organizational skills, you can serve as a board 
a member of an organization. There are many facets of getting involved, uh, to getting involved in social entrepreneurship and ways that you can just give back from what you have with inside of you. It doesn't have to be a creation of something. Yes, that's Exercising your gifts. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, there's always a chance to practice being a philanthropist. You know, I would be remiss if we did not mention (laughs) that nonprofits are looking for support. And I think, you know, sometimes um, we can think to ourselves, well, I can't write, you know, the big 5,000, the Bill and Melinda Gates style check, but your gift of $20 or $25, $10 would, could make such a difference because it's rolled up into a larger um, amount. And I know me, myself personally, and in the Robin's Nest here, when I give back, I try to just give to the general fund so that they can use it for operating expenses. Um, because I think oftentimes that's what gets overlooked. People want to fund programs mm-hmm. and they fail to remember that you need people to run the programs. And so um, that can sometimes be missed. Right. That is a great point. And that is very true. <laughs> that, happens. <laughs> that happens quite a bit, you know, and what, uh, nonprofits need those, unre- what we call unrestricted dollars. Right. Because those dollars can apply to anything. Uh, we have a number of services with Ladies Learning to Lead, and it might be that I have a young lady who wants to go to a camp and she can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's going to, and actually we've had that a few times. We, we had a young lady who uh, is another mentee of mine. I call her the apple of my eye, Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and she, she was awarded uh, with an opportunity to go to the Steve Harvey, uh, it was a, a Steve Harvey Foundation type of camp leadership mm-hmm. camp but she could not afford to to go on her own so she was asking of course people to sponsor her and she asked ladies learning to lead to be a sponsor and it only makes sense mm-hmm. that we do things that support our young ladies for a successful future so that's the unrestricted dollars because we don't have a program surrounded right. by that Are you ready to remain awake in the career of your dreams? Well, then you're in the right place. Open Now is my signature program, Power Your Process. Yep, if you are a mid to senior level female professional looking to make strategic career moves in the next three to nine months, perhaps you're tired of being trapped beneath the glass ceiling or stuck to the sticky floor. If you are looking for a system to compress your job search into career potential and ready to not only feel the part, look the part, but be the part with amped confidence and a positive mindset while desiring to experience a process with more grace and less grind, you are the leader ready to align with an organization that values your knowledge, background, and expertise, then you're in the right place. And this is the journey for you. Learn more by visiting robinsnestconsulting.com forward slash apply. And let's begin this journey to the career of your dreams together. Again, applications are open now, but filling fast. Right.
right? That's something that just comes up. So right. to have the ability to provide clothing, uh, provide uh, some type of assistance. I've had girls with uh, pregnancy scares. Mm. That's not a program that we have to take young ladies to the pregnancy center. Yeah, wow. <laughs> to get checked yeah. out. But hey, if it comes up and we're mentoring them, we're helping them succeed, we need those unrestricted dollars for that. So yes, philanthropy, uh, donating, even if it's through, uh, we have someone who out of the blue started posting things on eBay for sale mm -hmm. and those are nonprofit as a recipient. Oh, very fun. nice. So even if you, you don't have the ability to write a check, you have things to sell, you can give back in that way by choosing an organization to support. I love it. I love it. So now you've been doing this, it sounds like for quite a while. Um, so what's one thing you wish you knew then that you know now with regards to being, you know, a leader with regards to being an executive director of a nonprofit, uh, just within the space that you're living in now, what's one thing you wish you would have known then? So I run a company called Impact Core Group, a consulting firm, uh, and I do different type of speaking engagements, training sessions. One of the things that I teach on uh, is networking and connecting. Mm. One of the quotes that I often use during that workshop with my mentees out in the community, talking to my friends, <laughs> family, whomever, is it's not who you know is who you're connected to oh. it's not who you know it's who you're connected to 10 years ago when i started this nonprofit, uh got into it really it was started as an initiative and into a nonprofit. uh even several years prior when i started my business my first one i would have loved to understand that quote <laughs> and yeah. have exercised that uh to its to its fullest extent i see the benefits of that now thoroughly uh more than i did before and mm -hmm. it really is true you can know a lot of people i thought it was what everyone said it's who you know it's who you know it's who you know right mm -hmm. so i'm like okay let me get to know people let me go out and meet folks let me <laughs> go here and do things and let people see me and you know so they can see what I'm doing and get involved and it wasn't about who I knew right that did not matter right. it was who I was connected to you can know a lot of people but if you go to those people and ask them for anything you yeah. might get a lot of no's or a lot, yeah. a lot of crazy looks because you don't have a connection. Mm -hmm. and when you think about it, it's like a relationship. If you're dating somebody or if you're married to somebody, if you don't have that connection, there are just certain things you're not gonna get. Right, right. right. <laughs> that is so true. Yes, ma'am. Like with any relationship, friendship, what have you, your teachers, your mm -hmm. whoever, you're just not, if you have a connection, I can call you and say, hey, Dr. Lacey, I really need a favor from you. I need. Yeah. I need can you do this for me but if i don't have a connection with you and i'm asking you one i probably won't feel comfortable asking you two you right. will feel comfortable that i'm uncomfortable that i'm asking you right, right. <laughs> and then three 
you're probably going to say no because we just don't have that connection. Mm, I wish I had known that before. That's, ooh, that's a good one. Okay, Samantha. So now you're, you are reminding us all, um, you know, about the importance of connection, Mm -hmm. the importance of networking, right? So for the ladies who are listening today, You might have someone who, like myself, is an introvert, but introversion does not mean shy, Uh Uh, P.S., because a lot of people have that misperception, but what's one thing that we could start to do today, the ladies who are listening, so that we could start to increase our connections, um, you know, and then therefore, who we know, like, how can we begin? What's just, just one thing? Uh, People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Uh, that's something that Les Brown is really big on. And um, I teach it as well because if you, uh, if you know a person and you like a person and you trust a person, then it just makes sense that you do business with them if there's an opportunity. Of course, if they're a good business partner or what have you, or they got good services. So um, keeping that in mind, being someone that people know Mm -hmm. and figure out how you do that. It depends on what arena that you're in. Uh, Being yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Don't try to be someone that someone likes. Just be who you are. And if they like you for who you are, then that's what you want, because that's the authenticity that creates the relationship. Um, And then. And being trustworthy. If you got some issues with lying or you got issues with, you know, not being deceitful or manipulating, work on that. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's right. all internal stuff, being yeah. who you are, working on you, and um, then getting into the right places. That's really good. Yes. Um, Be who you are. You know, we continue to hear that as a theme throughout this episode, ladies. And, um, you know, just doing the inner work, I think, too, because you have to build that confidence. If I'm ready to go out, I'm ready to reach out to someone via um, LinkedIn, across the room, whatever the case might be. you know, even if it's internally, I have to be able to set my mind first as to what do I want the outcome to be. Mm-hmm. So I often teach, like yourself, Samantha, I also um, conduct different types of workshops on networking. And one of the things that I make sure um, that my attendees start with is what do you want the end product to be. You know, if you're attending an event or if you're trying to make a connection with a specific person, why? Why are you trying to do that? Are you hoping, um, you know, that this person, you can start to build those business partnerships that you mentioned, or are you hoping that they can help you to get your next career move? Or are you just wanting a friend? Whatever the case might be, you need to really make sure you have clarity on that first um, before you just like jump in there. Right. Yeah. So I think this is one um, one of the final questions I want to start to ask you. Because you have had numerous experiences, you've had a chance to work with um, you know, leaders in your role as a mentor, as a leadership coach. If someone is thinking to themselves, gosh, I have tried so many different times and I keep bumping my head, what would you tell them? <laughs> I always say welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> welcome to the club. 
you you're doing it right. <laughs> you have not only been <laughs> conducted, but you are welcome. Um, so welcome to, to come and, you know, be a part of the club. Uh, <laughs> gosh, it's a, that's an everyday thing. Every day. There is no way around it. Uh, I would say that as well. There's no way around it. It is something that I believe you should welcome. Mm-hmm. I totally believe you should welcome it mm-hmm. because what happens is it's going to happen. And when you don't welcome it, you don't see that there are, uh, there are, um, uh, Hard, there's a there's a battle for the blessing, right? Mm. So there's always going to be something there. That's why fruits of your labor matters. That that saying that you're putting forth some type of effort, you're laboring in some type of way in order to get a fruit. If you don't recognize that the the no's are going to come and the challenges are going to come, the tough times are going to come, and you don't embrace them and you mm-hmm. don't uh, welcome them, uh, then you will find yourself either at a standstill or at great disappointment or at the point of giving up. And a lot of times we get to a point of giving up, but if you let yourself stay in that and not embrace that opportunity to see the the blessing in that battle, to see um, the, uh, the, the greatness of it all, uh, then you can totally fall into the the category of losing, of mm. actually giving up. We get to the point of giving up, but we don't have to give in. Yeah. So I embrace that because it not only helps me for me personally. Mm. I <laughs> personally I love those times. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I applied to a grant uh this past week uh monday was the deadline mm-hmm. i had a lot of stuff going on over the last couple of weeks and decided that in the last three to four days that i would complete a very intensive uh tedious grant application i'm, I'm talking like serious seriously uh <laughs> intense oh. many many layers to it uh, in my superwoman mode, I <laughs> knew that I could get it done. Yes. So uh, I went hard on it for three to four days, very little sleep. And I pulled mm-hmm. a lot of things together that I n- never pulled together in one place before. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got it all together and yeah. 10 minutes until time to submit. Right. I ran into a glitch. Oh, and no. I was literally like, oh, I got this. I got this. And so let me, let me go over here and, you know, chill out for a second. Or let me go over here and perfect this and perfect that. And I said, okay, I got 10 minutes to hit submit, right? Mm-hmm. Not leaving any room for whatever else might could happen. <laughs> and I had a glitch and couldn't get through. I had to make several calls. <sighs> the deadline was 5 p.m. It was now 4.59 and I'm on the phone with tears behind my eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> behind oh. my eyes. They hadn't quite gotten to my right, eyes. Right, right, right. I'm like, all right, I can still make it. 
And sure enough, she said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And there is nothing that we can do. This is a, oh. a legal thing. It's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a public thing. Mm-hmm. You can't extend the deadline. We can't give you any more time. The system is not going to take it. Oh. When I tell you, I was so disappointed. And I, I, then the tears came off from behind my eyes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, any in my eyes. <laughs> anyone who's listening who has ever submitted a grant, I understand. I have been there as well because you are you have to pull all this stuff together and don't let it be a federal grant because it really is like, you know, what's your firstborn's blood type? I mean, it's like the most random things that they're asking for and you're trying to pull it all together. Oh my gosh. Everything. Everything. And I'm glad you said that because you got all this stuff you're pulling together in one place right mm-hmm. so the tears came from behind my eyes they got in my eyes and they fell down my face mm-hmm. and I was just too through uh, I took ownership number one I took mm-hmm. ownership for uh waiting to the last minute to submit uh being so lackadaisical that I, I thought I could kind of coast through it and and do some other things things instead of going hard on it and getting it submitted earlier. Uh, And then three, I I was grateful. Mm. I embraced that time that I bumped my head. I embraced that moment because I knew that had it not been for me going through this process, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have everything in one place. Right. Now, I got everything in one place now. That's true. I wouldn't have had that. I didn't have that before. And, and now I can apply to some other major grants and it'll be easy because I've got everything in one place. Mm-hmm. I know this stuff now. I can say it in my sleep when I couldn't before. So what I did was, um, Dr. Robbins, I decided to go, <laughs> it was a $32,000 grant. Oh. I said, well, you know what? I got to go find $32,000. There it is. That's it. I got to do it. So mm-hmm. this was five o'clock, right? I decided to take an hour and go live my best life. Wonderful. I got a couple slices of my favorite pizza. Yes. I hopped on a scooter in the middle of downtown and, and rode out for the first time like I was a five-year-old. <laughs> I screamed the whole time. And then I, I went back to, I went to my home office and I got busy. And I stayed mm-hmm. up probably until 2 a.m and apply to three different $10,000 grants. Nice. So that I can meet that, that $30,000, $32,000 goal. So uh, for those who bump your head, welcome it, embrace it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's your fault, it's self-inflicted and you have to take responsibility for it, no, take ownership like I did and find a way that you can come back, make mm-hmm. a comeback. I'm like, no, nah, I don't go out like that. I may have taken myself out too by messing up, but I don't go out like that. I'm back. I love that. Strong. So, you know, when you don't embrace it, you don't have a a route for a comeback. When you don't embrace it, you don't have a way to be grateful. Um, When you embrace it, you can get past all of that and then come out even much better than you were before. Mm -hmm. Oof, ladies. All of that, that was so good. You know, not only did uh, Samantha share with us, I think one of the 
very important things that I heard was you owned it. Like you didn't go to blame it on a team member. You weren't like, well, if you would have given me the stuff sooner, or if this, you know, X, Y, Z person would have had it together for me, she owned it for herself. And, and I think to me, in my opinion, that's a sign of authentic leadership when you are willing to own it. Mm -hmm. the, the second thing that I heard Samantha say was, you know, she allowed that emotion to show, that vulnerability. And so often we are made to feel as though we can't allow that vulnerability to show. But mm -hmm. the research says when we do, it actually endears your team to you more so because it reminds them that you're human. Mm -hmm. And this is so important. The third thing I heard was the fact that you gave yourself a little bit of grace there and less grind by getting the pizza, going right, riding on the scooter. You are so brave to get on that scooter, P.S. <laughs> <laughs> so brave, <laughs> right? And, and by using that time, now this is uh, the physiology behind it. Her brain is able to literally reprocess, reset. And by taking her mind off of what she was working on before, the new fresh idea can start to form and bubble up. And that's what's so powerful about giving yourself that break. We often think that, oh no, I just got to continue to go hard. If she would have left from the office and went to the home office to look for the, the additional $30,000, you're moving into that space of diminishing returns because you're just exhausted. Mm -hmm. There's no way, right? The emotions are all there. And so, and then here's the fourth and final thing, ladies. She still got busy. She didn't just leave it on the shelf. She took the time to go ahead. She had a job to do. And so she still went forward in commitment to making the job happen. Samantha, I'm so proud of you. I know that money is coming in and you are doing so many amazing things for the community of Tallahassee, grooming and growing and mentoring these amazing women that clearly are going all over the, the country at this point, you know. And so we salute you. We thank you here from the Robin's Nest. And one final question for you. Can you share a favorite quote or mantra that keeps you motivated? Oh, that keeps me motivated. My, my favorite quote is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, Stephen Covey, uh, I love it. That's uh, one of yeah. my favorite too, yes. I love that quote. It doesn't, it doesn't motivate me though. It's my favorite one. It doesn't motivate me. Uh, a quote that really motivates me, goodness grief. Uh, gosh. I will say this. It's not a quote. It's a scripture. Okay. And it's mm -hmm. a scripture that I live by. First uh, John 4, 8. And it speaks to God. God is love. Those who do not know God. Um, uh, and um, those who do not know love uh, do not know God for God is love. Mm -hmm. And that is something that motivates me. Mm -hmm. That keeps me going every single day. Uh, it reminds me of God's love for me and the love that I should have for others, which is why I do what I do. I love it. Ladies, Samantha Vance, she is amazing. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Samantha, if the ladies want to get in contact with you, maybe they want to, you know, um, contract you for your services, for coaching, or they want to learn how they can support, um, you know, your the, the leading ladies, the young, the team program that you have, how can they find you? Where, where can we find you online? So for coaching, uh, my areas are nonprofit creation and management, new business startup, 
um, coaching women and, and youth, career selection, time management, conflict resolution, all those things. Uh, you can reach me at uh, callenlee.com slash Samantha Vance. Uh, that's Callen Lee for those who don't know that website, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash Samantha Vance. You can also reach me at samanthavance.com. I'm on all the social media outlets. And then for Ladies Learning to Lead, it's l3ladies.org. L like ladies, the number three, ladies.org. So uh, reach out anytime and uh, look forward to hearing from those women who are out there. Yay. And as always, ladies, we will put all of these links into the show notes so that you too can connect with Samantha. Um, you definitely, if nothing else, want to see how you can continue to learn from her. Um, and I know one thing I'm looking to see how I can, what I can do to support the L3 ladies too, because that sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm so delighted that our audience had a chance to connect with you today. Thank you again, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. This really has been fun. Yay, I'm so glad. So ladies, let me ask you, did you enjoy this particular episode? If you did, please be sure to like, to share with another lady leader that you know who could use this information on today. And if you haven't done so, please consider offering a five-star review as it would mean the world to me. Whew, this was another dynamic time of life at the table, the Grace Over Grind podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with me on today. And as I always say, from process to practice, grab your stilettos and let's go. Thanks again for joining and I'll see you soon. Yeah.